It's always very lovely when you know your name. My name is Alija Adebowale, and it's still the best sporting show in the whole of the universe. It's news, instant sports, hearing on a band radio scope, the number one online radio in the whole of North America, and of course, on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, and every other podcast that you can think of. Uh, my name is Alija Adebowale. Like I said, my name is not shit. It's not changing. It has not changed. I guess she will be probably before the end of the show. I'll have catch you with me. Hopefully, Olawale as well. But all things being equal, it's just going to be me today. So you got to roll with me and you have to stay with me. Um, So I'm going to be jumping straight into the basketball world right now, which what we have, um, the game seven coming up. Game seven. Everybody thought we're not going to get, we're not going to get here. The Boston had their fate in their hand. Game six, uh, back at the TD Arena. On top, they were supposed to take it up. Um, had a, a, a shorty, a shorty game, so to speak, valued themselves back in the fourth quarter, got back to 97-97, and th- no thanks to Jello Brown, we are here on game number seven. Game seven, Boston is happening at its home. Uh, life in Miami, later tonight, oh sorry, later on Sunday night, <laughs> whatever, today, tonight, anyways. Tonight, tonight, tonight. Uh, but of course, it's it's gonna be a very good one. And just a short snippet into snippet into what we are expecting uh for this game. A short snippet to what we are expecting for this game. Uh, we know it's gonna be so difficult. Uh, but all the hordes are in favor of the Heat. I want the the the, the Boston Celtics to win, but something just tells me that it's are gonna take this. Um, over the course of the season, the Heat has played. They both played on their games, realistically speaking. Uh, the Heat have um, had 64 wins, 35 um, losses, while on the path of, this is going to be the 100 game. So so they played 99 games each right now. On the path of, of the Boston Celtics, they played, they played 99 as well, win 62 and 10, 37 being lost. That's some terrific um statistics to put out there for both teams so while looking at it and like Kachi will tell you Kachi is going to tell you that whoever wins the East is going to win the NBA Finals I don't think so I think the Golden State Warriors are going to win anyway but that's discussion for another day uh, practically and of course this is the first time they are meeting since 2012 uh, for Game 7 in which the Heat won <laughs> so you see when I told you that it out the history I favor of them so Fingers crossed, guys. Uh, we're going to be looking at so many, so many odds in favor of the Heat. And of course, should be told, if Jalen Brown comes back with the same attitude, and funny enough, in game six, they drew, they dropped all, all their features. They were on like 89% or 90, 90% before, before the mess up by, by, by Jalen Brown. Um... You see, Tantum is not doing, he's not dropping the points that we're expecting to drop. I think the last in game six dropped like 23 points or 27 points, which is low compared to his usual statistics. So, for the bossy to do anything tonight, game seven, they need, they need, honestly, they need to put on a show. And of course, Jason is going to be the number one that needs to put on put up a show. And, and in game six, another thing I was noticing in game six is the fact that. Alpha did not come to the party pretty much. He did not come to the party pretty much. I think on the night he dropped less than 10 points, which 
statistically looking at it, he has been a major, major juggernaut for the Celtics in in this in the series. And a couple of weeks ago, we had a COVID scare for him. I don't know whether that is part of what is playing on his side. And we're seeing this, but for the Boston Celtics to do something tonight, he has to call to the party. If he does not, I don't know how they're gonna do it. And of course, a good one for the East in game six for the fact that Max Truss and Kyle Lowry that had a grand total number of zero points in game five dropped double figures and Kalairo is coming back for the hit as well uh Vitola Dubois came with a little bit of good uh defensive acumen same with Brian uh Bayo he did not play very well particularly well in game six but he did show his presence with some uh, defensive acumen as well. So it's going to be a, a really exciting one, if you ask me. Very exciting. And tell me who do you think is going to win Game 6. Uh, sorry, Game 7. Game 7. Today is 29th of May 2022. Who do you think is going to win Game 7? I'm tipping. I wish the Celtics are going to win, but I'm tipping. I'm tipping the Heat too. To to to, uh, to to take to take this one on their own top. Yeah, so basically jumping into the boxing world right now, which is a crazy a, a crazy punch, a crazy punch. Eh? I felt <laughs> I felt it was the punch was not intended no pun intended but the punch was not intended and it nearly threw off uh was it davis or ronald off off um off the um of the what they call it off the ring and i'm like wow that's that's yeah funny. yeah out of and it, yeah and he came back start green thank thank thankfully for the referee because i know some crazy referee would have said you can fight on but thank you for the referee he stopped the match and 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 um I hope I won. You want to give us a little bit of background and gist to that? Yeah, thank you, uh, Depo. I, I think uh, this was just uh, a part two uh, for the two fighters to 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 really, you know, uh, uh, sort out their, their the beef between each other. Uh, for the for the for the last of Juventa Davis. He has called him out, you know, repeatedly that is going to knock him out. Even though the boxing world uh, thinks that's just almost like a fallacy. Jovat uh, uh, Davis, one of, I think, top five pound-to-pound fighters. Oh, wow. in the world wow. and uh, i still don't understand why romero would believe you could you could knock him out you know knock out that kind of a uh, 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 fighter uh this is a born knockout artist out and 24 knockouts i think wow. right now is one of the uh, one of the boxers with the best knockout uh uh, uh percentage in the wow. world right now Wow. So, so I, I really don't understand what Romero feels he would do on the night. But um, coming into the into the bout, he tried his best. He, he was making use of his uh, his reach because of his height. 
He yeah. tried as much as possible to keep uh, and talk brand. At Fortran, they decided to also chase uh, Duffy's around. But you mm-hmm. know, you cannot uh, really, uh, 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 you, can, <laughs> you, cannot, you, you cannot compare exactly the master. And uh, 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 you know, uh, Davis just decided to be patient on the night. And at around uh, the sixth round, he, 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 he just decided to just, you know, launch that hook, the left hook, <laughs> and Romelu walked into it. Yeah. As in, I, I, I wasn't surprised when uh, uh, Tank was in something that he walked into the into that particular uh, 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 hook. It wasn't majorly. It was. It wasn't meant. It wasn't meant for him in the first instance. All like exactly. So it really shows the difference between the two fighters, even mm. though they have uh, similarities in the age. You yeah. can see that the boxing experience of Tank really showed on the night. The way it actually also moved around the the, uh, the the whole boxing ring when Romero was trying to chase him down and all that. Yeah. And also, when you see great champions, you know that these are these are boxers with patience they know when to actually go all out and they so know to when to retrieve that was what Jovanta davis did Indeed. on the night and totally you know <laughs> punished at, at, at uh, romero on the night all right perfect thank you very much for that totally. Shay. yeah uh but but the one i don't understand she is the fact that uh canelo tried to move up a division i think three weeks ago if i'm not mistaken but I know it's less than a month because I know we discussed it and we've not done four shows since we discussed uh Carlo trying to move on to, to to the next to the next level. He was defeated. Now he's coming back to fight against GGG. Uh, so my question is, my full question is, apart from the fact that I feel he's probably going to win GGG, um, so that's not my question. That's not my first question. My first question is, is he LD for him to 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 do this repeatedly within this um span of span of time that was my first question to you yeah i i think uh your your question and your uh, uh what, what you think is quite valid it's not actually easy for boxers to uh jump uh weight uh, divisions like that especially uh, uh, uh the three weeks fight we were talking about is light every week is over and right now he has to go lower yeah unless fight. probably he agrees with ggg for ggg to come to super middleweight to mm. fight at that particular weight uh uh, uh what's it called category, category. Uh, yeah 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 the, the weight division knows is there the experience is there for him he feels to take on and conquer but you know this uh trilogy is a different kettle of fish uh entirely these guys have fought each other twice Mm -hmm. very close fights as a very very close fight the first one ended in a draw the second one ended in split decisions quite close fights so these are two fighters we really cannot separate separate. we still believe that they are both yes we still believe they are both 
on the same pedestrian uh, 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 wow. anyway yeah to some people even though we want to believe that canelo is a little bit above him because of what he has achieved over the years he has a, a unified super middleweight uh, uh, division, division yeah. and yes uh, and even some of these uh, divisions he has built that is still there, there. for him wow you know? uh well, i think this is a fight for legacy Hmm. In that that's that's just the summary of it. I think between these two fighters, this will be another great fight after Manny Pacquiao and Mayweather. Mayweather. Oh. Especially in that uh, uh, that, division. Uh, 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 that division, that category. Okay. So we'll be looking up, we'll, we'll be looking ahead for this uh, for the build up of the fight. I know there's there's been a lot of strong words between both fighters, both camps. Yeah. Which, which yeah, which is so so. What is your head telling you? What is your what is your head telling you? And what is your heart telling you? What do you think is going to uh, happen? I know. Oh it's, goodness. It's, me, I'm going to Bocanello. I'm not. I'm not the best boxing expert but you are so you probably see something like don't <laughs> so what's your head telling you and what's your heart telling you i actually want to wait till a little bit of uh, maybe like few weeks to the fight before i will have to throw in my to one side okay. of uh, of the ring and i have my reasons i want to see the preparation of both fighters mm-hmm. i want to see the build up i want to see the training camp i want to see what they are trying to do what something what different that exactly uh, either canelo or either ggg is trying to do then by that time i'll be ready to make my predictions okay okay thank, thank you you are not like olawali olawali is the one that is only sitting on the fence anyways we move to the tennis world where we have felix olga actually did canada proud um chew his heart at, at rafael nadal and uh the game ends 6-3 6-3 6-3 6-3 6-2 6-3 then 6-3 nadal winning three sets while olga actually won two sets which is the first and the fourth fourth set and um as Zarev did a smart one straight set defeating Benal Zapreta Marles 7-6 7-5 um Nova Djokovic did the same as well straight set against Diego Strasma um 6-1 6-3 while Kelly catching up is currently being defeated by Carlos Akaraz right now Akaraz winning the fourth set 6-1 6-3 and currently leading the third set 3-2. Uh, so this is my question. Um Shay, this is a ma- this is a very good matchup. We have Rafael Nadal. Carlos Akaras, who for me strangely is the uh favorite for this French Open. Uh, I'll tell you that for free. Mm-hmm. Alexander Zarev and Nova Djokovic. Novak, I think Novak won the last French Open, if I'm not mistaken. So he's trying to 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 uh to to defend his crown, Nada mm-hmm. had his own injury troubles before the tournament, which you can see in the way he plays right now. Right? Yeah. Uh, we know what he's capable of doing. Is there as erratic as he is? We know what he's capable of doing. And Carlos Akaras, who I think is gonna win. But where is your edge right now for this for this for this French Open? For the matchup, honestly, honestly, I know it's interesting times. Interesting times. Interesting times. <laughs> it, it is. It is. It is. And 
and uh, it is it is uh, and guess what yeah. uh, the predictions for this particular tournament is turning out the way they predicted i mean and for the men's category we still have marisilich then a medvedev uh, yeah, uh, Medvedev, Yannick, Yannick uh, Sina, Stefanos, Tsitsipas, Carlos Rude, and Ogurun still in the running for this. So what's, what's, what are you thinking now? What what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. So so it's still it's still very 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 close. But if you if I'm trying to put you on yeah, the mass, yeah, very close. And if I'm trying to put you on the spot, I'm telling you, okay, who do you think are going to be the four? Semi-finalists. Who, who would you predict? Okay, for um, like, 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 like for the quarterfinals now, we have yeah. the battle of the legends. Uh, we have uh, Rafael Nadal facing Novak, uh, and uh, I, I think from that, uh, from that pot. Yeah, it's going to. I'll just have to give it to Novak. And my reasons are, I think uh, uh, Nadal is still struggling, struggling from his injury, uh-huh. and also the last meeting of these guys on clay yeah. was, uh, I think, uh, uh, defeated uh, Nadal. That was last year, French yeah. Open. Mm-hmm. So I think I'll just lean towards Novak. And also, having we know Novak, Novak is the guy with. Uh, the, grace, the, the crazy mentality. This last uh, match, it was a, a side of the court booting a side cheering. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so definitely you are expecting him to receive more boos when he faces Nadal because Nadal. Nadal is the king of Garros. <laughs> but guess what? When such thing happens, that's the Novak turns to a beast. So, <laughs> in, in summary, I'm actually rooting for Novak. So okay. I'll probably be seeing Novak and Carlos Akaraz in the semi-final. Hmm. That's, uh, I don't know yet. I, I think the guy has beaten everybody this year. Yeah, everybody. Uh, I think I'm also rooting for him okay. <laughs> to Great. probably play in the, in the, in in the, the finals. finals. And, for, uh, and in the second uh, part, uh, that's uh, the other side of the... Uh-huh. Uh, of the draws, I still think uh, Med, uh, Medvedev will probably be the one out of the rest uh, mm. to get to the, final. to the final. I think he's getting back. Yeah, I think he's getting back his uh, mojo right now, and I, 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 I see him playing one of his best tennis in in this uh, year's Garros and get to the final. Even though I, I I don't know if he's going to win, but I think he might just get himself to the yes. final. Okay, all right, perfect. And of course, uh, for all the women's side, all the women and go of things, uh, we still have a couple of <laughs> couple of kids on the blog uh, doing that thingy. Uh, I'm just gonna give you a rundown of that. Uh, because um, Siwatek, who is the world number one right now, still in contention. Um, um, uh, Steven Snow is, is still is still in in contention as well. Uh, Gogokov, Korikov, Guov is in contention as well. I, I I I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. Who's going to who's actually going to uh, stop? Um, I guess uh, Sitek 
See what tech. Thank you very much. Swatek. Yeah. Who's gonna, who's going to stop her from winning this this French Open? I, I'm looking at it and I cannot see anybody. Lena Fernandez, uh, Martin Trevinsta. I'm looking at it and I, I really don't see anybody. What's your own opinion about that? Do you think anybody will be able to stop um Iga right now? Um Debo, I, I think uh the person I was actually tipping to to give a Swatek a run for her money uh, got dumped out in the last round. Uh, talking yeah. about uh, Zabalenka uh, okay. because of yeah because of, of uh, approach to us. Uh, yes, yes, round the court. Wear her down right now. I don't know if the likes of uh, Swan Stevens, if they, they are both playing in the same, uh, the same, yeah, the same in the same port. So, together, yeah. uh, so, so, so one, one has to go against through, Coco, yeah, one exactly. has to go one through. Has to go through. Uh, and uh, it's a girl's attack, but guess what's the ball? This is the, <laughs> this the female, female version. Uh, what is it called? Side of the uh, of tennis, and guess what? We can see anything. Anybody will read exactly. So really, yeah. I'll I just know. keep my fingers crossed. Okay, <laughs> all right, perfect. I'm putting myself on the line, anyways. I'll say Igas Ratek is going to win. For me, for me, I'm putting myself because given what she has done in the course of uh, of the season and the build up. For uh, of course, for the um, for this French Open as well, and it's world number one, first Polish in, in donkey years to do that as well. Yeah. Okay, all right, perfect. Yeah, so back to the footballing world, and uh, the runaway on our list is anyway. So that's the way we've not seen it before now. But it's back now. We'll be, we'll be analyzing basically the Champions League. I'll be looking at a lot of things. Um, or should I say, we'll be looking at some key points, so to speak, for where the matches were lost, where the match was, uh, where the match was lost, where the match was won, what could have been done properly, what could have changed. Olali. I'm going to start and jump right into the bat with you on this. And uh, for, for most listeners that, that missed the IG Life, I, I told you and I asked you this question on the IG Life. I said, it's worrisome the fact that Poole have been able, Poole have played two, two finals in the course of the season against Chelsea and they scored a ground total number of zero goals. And um, I believe your reply. I don't know if it was a reply, but it was Boy Gas or, or Kachi's reply was probably it was because against Chelsea. And they played Chelsea, they played Chelsea four times in the course of and it's all lack of creation of chances that made them score the grand total number of zero zero goals. That answer, do you have a change right now after the Champions League um final? No, no, not not at all. I um I think the two games are pretty uh I still I still probably stand by the um what I said during the IG live yesterday that uh Chelsea seems to it, it's a bit of a matchup thing when uh, Liverpool played against Chelsea. I think uh 
what happened yesterday, I don't think was any reflection of the way Liverpool probably played in those two finals. I think they were two complete things entirely. So, um, especially the final against uh, F- Chelsea in the FA Cup, yeah. where I think their performance was a bit not up to it. Uh, I just felt that doesn't really impact on what we saw yesterday. And it's not, and you don't think it's more of like um, a mental, a mental block or a mental issue, no, not even tactically not, right, right now. No, no. See, I don't think it has any thing to Reflection. do with a, with a mental thing. Like, if you say the first 45 minutes, no. uh, based whatever everybody anticipated was what we actually saw. The only difference was uh, the goal, they couldn't score a goal. I think, uh, I don't want to be like, uh, I think the Liverpool team, uh, the starting lineup was probably what everybody expected. expected. Yeah. And we all felt uh, Luis Diaz was going to have a very big impact. I just think, uh, having, having, uh, after the uh, after the match, having reflected on the match entirely, I just felt probably a uh, Firmino could have probably made a difference if he had probably started, or let me say, if he was introduced earlier. Uh, earlier than what do you call it earlier than probably when it was a go down so I think that was the only thing I just observed because one thing Firmino uh, adds to that Liverpool team is in that his uh, first nine position he had a bit of creativity a bit of number 10 play he, he makes it easier uh, for Salah also and, and Mane to, to and, and I think we tend to like underrate his impact based on so, and this year it all boils down to Goals, 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 goals. Because of his numbers in terms of goals, goals and we tend to overlook what it brings to the team, to the team. in the way it drags uh, centre backs, centre backs out of out of their position. Yeah. 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 So, so I think that was just the only thing I would probably look at and say okay, and which I don't think I'll blame Jogging Club for that. Looking at uh, uh Luis performance so far this season. You can't, and with the injury history of Firmino, you can't probably blame him for going with the starting uh, with the front three. Okay. Um, All right. Perfect. Thank you very much for that. And and, and looking at where Jorgen actually got it wrong, and I I'm pretty I'm pretty I'm sacrosanct. I'm not going to change what I said about this. And it's the fact that the pre-game, the pre-game preparation was poor. Was poor. And this is why I say so. Everybody knows what Carlo would do. Carlo was going to play Vavardi on the right-hand side, to notify whoever is playing, Bobadi or the surrounding wing-back of Liverpool. Their only attacking threat will come from Vinicius Jr. and Benzema. Basically, Vavardi, Vavardi is going to play more as a defensive wing-back, more than an attacking player join the front three, evidently. And number two, uh, number two point is the fact that Klopp did not arrange for these things. He did not think about the deficiency of TTA, Arnold, Jackson and Arnold, and the fact that he needed to nullify 
Ward, Vinny, and Benzema. The telepathic, um, telepathic um, sync between Benzema and Vinny. How to stop it? And his in-game management as well. Why would Jorgen remove Luis Diaz, who happens to be the only player running at defenders at the 64th minute? And I told the people that watched the game together, I said, this is a rookie mistake. I would expect someone like Onigun and Solskjaer to do. Because what Jorgen did yesterday was just a replica of what Ole did earlier in the season against Everton. United were playing, they were not playing fantastically well, but they were playing pretty well. And he removed the goal scorer, what happens to be at Martial, to bring in Ronaldo at that point when it was not needed. And I was not expecting that kind of rookie mistake. And if he wanted to do that, Thiago Gattara does not look fit to me. Uh, Jordan Anderson, I don't know what he was doing on the field yesterday. Fabio is his best defensive midfielder in the world right now. So I would not even touch him. He's untouchable. But those two guys were not doing, they were not doing what is expected of them. So those are, the, those, those are the mistakes I think I figured out. Now I want to hear where you think Jordan actually missed it in your own perspective. In my own perspective, I think, um, like, I, I, I've tried as much as possible not to overreact to the, based on the results. Um, probably, I look at it, none of the two managers probably did anything different. I don't think um, even Aceloti did anything exceptional. Let me say no, something different from what we are expecting. He did not. Me. We knew, we said it yesterday that we probably not go with Asensio, we probably go with Evagade, mm-hmm. to probably add a bit of pain into uh, to the midfield. Yeah. Very predictable. Jogging Club didn't do anything different too. I think my my concern yesterday going to the match was, okay, I know Liverpool will leave a lot of space behind. Um, My concern was uh, the efficiency of the Madrid attack. But if you take the look at it, who has that? How many chances did they concede to Madrid prior to that, uh, that goal? Probably two or th- three, and that was up to sixty something minutes, which you don't, which I don't think uh, it's a bad amount of chances uh, to concede. And looking at the goal itself, it was a it, it, it was like a pass to Vinicius. It was like a pass to Vinicius. It was more of like uh, a shot going wide. But thanks, uh, but you have to like give Vinicius, what do you call it? Uh, credit. Yeah, kudos to credit for at least anticipating a, a ball dropping into that position. Yeah. And for, for, for Titi, I think he had a very good game against Vinicius yesterday. By the goal, I don't think Vinicius really did anything exceptional over there. I think he balanced, what do you call it? Uh, is what do you call it? His uh, positioning throughout the game. There were, uh, there were times where, where you call it? it, it wasn't really going that, what do you call it? It wasn't uh, going, was it bombarding forward? Forward like, Billy uh, was keep, exactly, Billy was keeping him back. Well, traditionally, like you would have expected, and which is probably a bit of adjustment to what the, we normally think they would do. So, for me, I just think it's a matter of sometimes what if demanding shots in the first half that Tibu Kutsua just probably had one of those exceptional performances whereby 
it's just like nobody's going to beat him on on this thing. He so had that like the entirety of the campaign, anyways. <laughs> yeah, because number one, see that see, the, the, that ball, that ball could have been the He put uh, he stopped that shot. As in, he pulled the ball to the uh, to the back. Uh, back. It could have been a non goal. Uh, that could have beat him by the back. Yeah, and gone and gone back in and become a non goal. You understand? So I I take anything away from my team. What I'm saying is that I don't think in terms of City's positioning, and if you look at City was focused more on the ball, which traditionally what you would do. When there is a square play coming from either side, nobody goes after the player. You look after the ball. It is natural instinct. Mm-hmm. You will not, you will not leave the ball alone. Or let me say, you attack. What do you call it? The space. Or you try to defend the space. Yeah. Not the man. Mm-hmm. If you are lucky. 100%. You try as much as possible to prevent the ball. Get into the man. That's exactly. It. That's what you are trying to do. And that was what City did. I don't. I, I, that's why I said. I just probably doesn't want to overanalyze immediately. That that money ball was uh when was had, uh it was saved. I said from what we've seen so far this season, it is looking. I, I said into my mind that hey, this is not a good sign for Liverpool. Like I know they will not get more chances based on the way Madrid is going to set up, set up. So, and in terms of the other in-game management, uh. Probably, I, I can probably agree with you now that I just said it. That at the time he made that substitution of bringing in Luzer. Because I think Luzer has up to that point, he didn't really have a fantastic game. Well, um, well, it was still better than, it was still better than Mane. And probably, you can argue that, probably because of, at the time, he has like two players on him. And even Salah had a very quiet game. game until those later on in the second now where he tried to. And those are now. At that point, what what's cool, uh, what what do I think he could have done differently? <laughs> Pull out Salah? I don't think so. No. I don't think many people would agree. Even no, though Salah yeah. had a quiet game, of course, probably Mani. But if you see no. the quality of their game towards the end of this season, Mani has probably been the forefront the of winner. all the yeah. good things they've been doing. So uh, it, it's a dilemma nobody probably wants. Uh, uh, any coach wants to be at that point in time, he has, let me say, little few minutes to think about some of these things and just make a decision. I think Jota and Femino probably had they had the necessary impact on the game, but it was a bit too late for them to really act uh, out. Uh, I'm thinking about it on the flip side now. For me, beginning Femino, Femino conventionally, we all know for anybody that followed Firmino when he was at Ophelian. Firmino is not a striker. And every, everybody that followed his career knows that. Playing up front as a first nine, we know he's not even a striker. That's why he does not get those goals as much as yes. he does. It's more or less like a 10. So even beginning yes. Firmino for a Thiago Ancantara, or because Ancantara doesn't look fit to me at all. Yeah, I, I, I think I think we think about the because if you want the build up to the play, even on BT Sport, yeah. There was a time Akantara was speaking to Nabi Keita. It seemed that there there was going to be a late change to the starting eleven. So mm. I think if there was a bit of any doubt about Feminos, I want to call it Akantara. I don't think it, they could actually do without him because exactly they never knew the mid the uh, the uh, Liverpool central midfield 
or being the first is uh being the first behind their, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. number yeah, of chances yeah, they create. Exactly. Yeah. So I think I, I agree with you on that point. But I think the rest in terms of uh the chances they considered, I don't think they considered a lot like that. I just think Maji Maji was never going to con- create so many chances anyways. They were just yeah, so chances. They just got one and Liverpool had been scored earlier than they should have. Shoot out. I didn't mean uh, they didn't take any of their chances earlier on, which probably could have changed the game. So in terms of club overall game management and starting level, the way let me say yeah, uh, it set his team up. I don't think he got anything significantly wrong. Ah, I don't, I don't think he got anything significantly wrong. Honestly, I don't, I don't think he got anything significantly wrong because I I don't think Alexander Arnold had a bad game. No, Unless he did not. Yeah, and I, I don't know. think I can even blame him for the goal. No matter what anybody would tell me, uh, it was it was it was it was on our way. It was all on our way. I will blame him for the goal, but but I like, like for the goal because I think his position was where he was supposed to be. So so someone because said, if you look at it, the ball was a counter attack. Robertson was already off. Robertson has already been taken off. Now I think either Van Dijk or Zikonat has already moved towards that left side, mm-hmm. and by default. Uh, Alexander will move towards the middle to make the center pair. It is not left for either of the three midfielders or to Salah cover, to cover for to him cover on that side. It is just something very natural that has happened because we've already taken up Robertson. So he was looking, he looked at his back. He actually saw Vinny, but that is not what you would do as a footballer. You would not be chasing Vinny because if you stay with Vinny, he will yeah. create another, another chance for Benzema. Benzema in the middle. So it's just a normal, uh, let me say, four over. Well, uh, I think by this, at that point, they created the overload for Liverpool to exploit. Uh, to, uh, to exploit against Liverpool. It was already a mismatch, a mismatch, like a five against three situation. So I won't really blame him. And I just think uh, it was just one of those games. I think, like I said before, then, even though I, I see Liverpool win. I said I would never be surprised if Madrid eventually next, won. Because next time, next time, Malali, listen to me. What I tell you, Mario was going to win. Just listen to me. Just take, just take, just take my I offer. I think them winning, like I said, Madrid winning for me is just beyond. I, I, I was, I, I don't want to take anything away from them, but I think it was beyond any tactical masterclass, honestly speaking. Yeah, I agree I with that. Olale, I agree. I, I agree with you on that, and, and the only reason why I would disagree with you about Jurgen Klopp was, like I said, the pre-game management. The only I don't, thing I, I don't know. Are, I don't know. Liverpool. I think the only okay. problem I, I, I didn't mention it yesterday. Okay. My only issue with Liverpool, or let me say their players, especially Salah, was the mindset of going for a revenge. It was a very wrong <laughs> mindset. I, I think I should mention that. And Salah keeps saying that thing, like repeatedly, like he was saying, like the way, like the somebody way play, did man, something yeah. wrong to him in yeah. in 2018. I, I felt Liverpool has beaten a lot of teams in the past years in Europe and uh, in the league. I don't think every team comes forward to say we are playing for a revenge. But they want it doesn't to, work like that. They want, there is they a want way. to play. They want to play a mind game. <laughs> there is a way that kind of thing affects your mindset going into the game. There is a way it, it, you just have to approach it like any other game. 
How many revenge do you want to take in football? You've beaten a lot of teams. A lot of teams are beating you. So I, I think for me, Jurgen Klopp as a manager should have been in control of that narrative. Like when you are, even though we, we uh, at the back of our minds, we want to. No. Ola, Ola, let me ask something to that. Jogging Club started it. What Salah said, Jogging actually started it. You know, so I feel on their part, maybe they were trying to play some signs of, some kind of sick mind game with Real Madrid. But this is Real Madrid. And the only reason, just before we go on to other things, the only reason why I would disagree with you on this is, and the both of us agree on this, is the fact that we know what Carlo was going to do. We know it. If I was joining the club, I would me, prepare, I think I'll prepare, I'll prepare I think I, for it. For me, you know, I, I, I still don't think it's not a major issue. Part of the this is the only thing I, I'll probably blame him for. Yeah, can, can you come a little bit forward, Jack? I think better. the only thing I'll probably blame him for was that Benzema good that was ruled out in the first time. He had been in one stand. To say, okay, I'm um, and the dilemma there is the attacking outlet actually comes from the wing backs, from mm-hmm. the full backs. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you don't want the Liverpool full backs to go forward, you are technically saying Liverpool should not look for a goal. Exactly. You understand? Yeah. So based on what uh probably I, I think what he should have done then was to probably alert his central midfielder. We don't we can't concede chances to this guy. Immediately, this is a final game. It's a one-off game. If there's any mistake, there's there's there zero margin for error. Yeah. Immediately, yeah. Jogger, uh, Robertson, and uh, what do you call it? Um, um, uh, Arnold and Robertson. Yes. Two of those guys in the in the position. You should come back. Probably try as much as possible to take the wide position. I think that will have been a bit of warning because it is better the game probably. And zero. And you see, probably that is where pragmatic coaches, coaches is a bit of a pragmatic mindset. This is where they excel in it today. Because uh they don't probably uh focus on their team alone. On their own, on their own strength, exactly. How to nullify exactly and that's and that's my point. I think I think you I get just, my, I think you get my point now. That's exactly my point. Exactly. Even that's though my I don't, point. Yeah, even though I don't think uh, uh, Madrid actually did anything exceptional, but like I said, being a final game, there's little margin for. I, I think this is the reason why most final games are always anti-climax because yeah. everybody tends to be a bit cautious. Nobody <laughs> wants to give anything away. Yeah. So I think that will force that good that was allowed should have been a warning. Sign. Warning, and that was not supposed I, to. Be, that was a goal, anyways. I, 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 in fact, I, 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 I don't even understand the rule of the <laughs> That was the, the, the thing is, Benzema was behind um, um, the goalkeeper, Allison. So automatically, I think uh, the goalkeeper. Robinson becomes the goalkeeper, and the last guy be- automatically becomes the last man for 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 Liverpool. So whatever upside was going to be checked has to be in line with Benzema. But this is my point. The ball eats a Liverpool player last to get now the explanation. Yeah, the explanation the guy on BT Sport gave the former referee was that it wasn't like uh Fabinho who the ball eats was doing an intentional pass. 
But where I will counter that is this. We've seen a lot of goals given in such a way that when his factor initially, when the pass was being played to him, will be in an offside position. Mm-hmm. But when the time, uh, about the time the pass is getting to him, probably the ball eats, slightly eats the opponent. It's and at that exactly. point, it, becomes, it was already offside. Back play. And they, it automatically, what do you call it? Uh, goes back into play. Goes back into play. So I think that thing should have applied to that ball. Even though it was not like they say, but as far as it touched a Liverpool player, that should have counted as what do you call it? And as and, a back pass. I will have gotten my prediction right. Two nil, I will have ended, and you have. I don't. I think that first goal will have probably eliminated the other. But I think Liverpool <laughs> will have been better off. Keep that if they consider that exactly, exactly, because they will have. They will have probably have a four forty five minutes to plan rather to than plan. yeah. After after fifty seven minutes. All right, perfect. Thank you very much for that. Olali, I know we discussed this this in the start of at the start of the season. Sometime along the line, I'm pretty sure my memory serves me right. Don't pass to Vidicius. I swear on my mother, he is playing against us. This is what Benzema said a year ago about Vinicius Junior. What has Carlos done to Vinicius Junior? Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, like I say, you see, at times because I, I'm, I'm not prevailed to what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. Probably until some few years later when we start hearing some certain things. Like Ronaldo's time at Man U, we didn't really know much about until some years we started getting some info. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Carlos Quiroz, I see, I helped Ronaldo. Yeah. He gave me a lot of clips of some center forwards to mm-hmm. watch. Uh, like, in fact, someone will make reference to the first two goals he scored with his head. Like, even he was surprised, was touching his head. Like, wow, I could do this. And you could see later on how that now be- became a norm. Became his, so, his, his trademark. Yeah, we didn't really know. But again, I think a couple of things happened. Sometimes when, uh, I think, uh, Hazard non-availability, and what do you call it? And Bill's condition. Yeah. Probably, uh, let me say, when you feel comfortable and you feel like uh, none of these guys is a threat or I'm playing second fiddle to so, 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 so. Yeah. I think it tends to help players. And again, it might just be coming of age. We, we, we all knew how Ronaldo first played where at Man United. Uh-huh, no uh-huh. beating, zero end product, uh-huh, uh-huh. this and this and that. But sometimes, just have to be patient with some of these guys. With, let me say, with good coaching too, you can't rule that one out. Of course, Ancelotti could have made, could have made it of those impacts. But I think it was more of Vinicius, you know, himself coming of age. Coming of age. And let me say, zero competition, but that injury and Bill's attitude. I think those conditions of those two things, because those two guys were even 50% available. Yeah. The game time uh, Vinicius got during this period. I'm not he pro- he probably would have watched it. Oh, yeah, I- and another thing, yeah. I, I think another thing I want to mention about this thing is this is what happened in life. For the fact that Benzema said those things, I what he said there, I don't, I, 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 he didn't say it out of malice. Uh, let me say malice. Like, yeah, I don't like this guy. 100%. He said it out of like, Based on his output, like Omar, this guy is playing against us. Playing against us is like whatever he does, doesn't help our team. So, yeah, 100%. You know, 
he just wants for him to lay that emphasis for the other players. It's like I can swear by my word. It's like <laughs> if you pass to this guy, we are not going to win this game. <laughs> so he just, you know, just, just so I, I think it wasn't out of being like no, no, it wasn't malicious. It wasn't malicious. It was malicious too, not being too sensitive, not taking it to heart. So hard. But uh, we've seen a lot of people probably from there. That would be, like, yeah, be the end of the that would be the end of the like this guy and so kudos to him too okay it's a combination of many things all right perfect i know this is something that Real Madrid, most Real Madrid fans will not want to hear and in fact is what do they need right now um and i'll start from Courtois good um Kavaha good a possible replacement for Kavaha on the right hand side not good um, on the right hand side, Mendy, I don't think he's a good, I don't think he's a good um, left back to start with. Um, Marcelo going at the end of the season. That's my only one. Uh, Militao has come of age. Um, David Alaba as well. Valejo, who I was what? Va- yeah, what about if they, if, if, if they are bringing in Rudy Gabi? Rudy Gabi. Oh, if Alaba, Alaba now, to oh, left back. That that would be that would be great for them. Now moving into the midfield, Cruz. Contract not going to be signed. Um, Modric old. Um, Luca Vasquez uh, contract done. Asensio. What? And Lucas Vasquez as me squad player at best. At best, yeah. Um, Marcos Asensio same thing. One year left. Probably going to be moved to Liverpool. Uh, Benzema old. Uh, Garibaldi leaving. Ed, uh, Medinazat, no fit. That leaves it with basically uh, Valverde, good. Um, Eduardo, Camaviga, good. Uh, Ceballos, not good enough good. for Real Madrid. Uh, Rodrigo, squad player at best, uh, if you ask me. It's probably going to start for Real Madrid. And um, of course, uh, who else? Who else? Uh, the Jovic, the. Um, the 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 same guy. guy yeah We've never it's, seen him exactly it's it's not good enough now that creates a big lacuna for the amount if you ask me and like the question you asked yesterday that Abdi overachieved that's going to be a big problem for them because there is fans expectation uh their president being erratic we think oh okay we've done it this year we could probably do it next year but now they need at least six to seven players. What's the way for the Amadi right now? Given, no, uh, given, like, given what I've said now, and looking at their I, out, out players. Come a little bit closer, Alali. Come a little bit closer. Let me take you back to August when okay. the season was Even the most bullish Madrid fans never prepared this kind of end to the season. Yeah. Atletico Madrid were being a positive Okay, like I think we, as, when uh, August realized all these things, that if Atletico Madrid actually, this is their best chance to probably win the league back to that. Yeah. Because Madrid and Barcelona are nowhere to be found. Yeah. Both teams were supposed to be on the rebuilding phase. 100%. And we even said if there was any team that is likely to get out of the rebuilding phase first, it should be Barcelona. Barcelona. Not even Madrid. But we knew that, and the reason why they went for Carlo Ancelotti at this point in time is because of it's that rebuilding process. They need yeah. somebody who can help them just get the best out of the out of the guys. So even if they have not won that yesterday's game, 
I'm still sure the the impact of the season they've had so far will negatively affect whatever they will do next season. Mm. Now, the good thing is this will help them in attracting players. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just the only thing, the only thing. But looking at the way the squad is overachieved, I think even the run alone will take a little a, a bit of toll on people like Modric. Modric. Cruz is going to be so, so I think there's going to be a lot, a lot of turmoil next season. Because hmm. expectation will be high. I, and I, I don't see them replicating up to that expectation. This is just an exceptional season. This is one of those. I'm not saying the Madrid team is not good. But this is one of those seasons that you look at and you say, um, at the back of their mind, the Madrid stars, even the players themselves, they never expected themselves to have achieved what, achieve what they did. And looking at the loopholes you just pointed out in that whole spectrum, what? guys that are expected to, expected to leave and so on and so forth. How they will balance for those things is going to take a bit of monstrous money to spend money and skill from Florentino Perez yeah. to probably bring them back because even in La Liga I don't know if Arsenal is going to come up with but I expect them to be, be a bit even better than what, what, we, what we've seen this season yeah. what we've seen this season yeah yeah give it what Xavi did since he came back yeah it's going to be I know I know I know He's more of a top manager. Manager than, than, than exactly 100%. Only the he's more his, his style and the way he coaches is more suited to more cup cup, cup games and I don't and, think he has that obsession to motivate players to be consistent over over time, over, over year time. after year in the league like Pep Guardiola or if Alex Ferguson can do. Yeah. Those ones are Beyond the coaching, what they have is that special to play players and like we have to do this. Winning the league, winning the league, let me tell you, actually exhausting. It is, it is, it is. It is something like if you can't keep yourself motivated, winning this year, I think people will be following you. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you totally. Um, Olale, just before we go, Mario, I'm not gonna call him the name that we call him behind closed doors. So I don't get sued. <laughs> but he has done it again. Won the league. Uh, sorry, I said the league. The Champions League, the Europa Cup, and the Europa Conference Cup. Cup. The first player, the first coach in the history of the game to do that. And uh, there will be arguments against him that people like Guardiola will never play in the Europa Conference Cup. But no, realistically, nobody cares. He did it, and he's the first person to do it. Um, I think. How would we, in the long run, Mario is going down? Should be told. Like his legacy is going down. He went from sports to to Roma. He probably will not get a Real Madrid job or a Barcelona job in the nearest future. Probably. He never can tell. Nobody thought that. So this will go from Everton to Real Madrid. But probably will not get it. But given what Mario has achieved, how would we rate him in the grand scheme of things? People within his age. You know, guys like like Lucerinke, like Pep Guardiola, and the rest, people with the, within the circle. How would you rate him in, in the grand scheme of things? Uh, for me, I think um, the Conference League victory 
for me, I don't know any other person, <laughs> doesn't have anything to pose this, what do you call it? Resume. Uh, resume. It's to not change. Uh, Ozzy is a, let me say, he's one of the, he's a senior winner. He's one of those top managers um, of his era and he's a bit different, a bit, uh, very charismatic and I think of Guys have to probably go and read the mixer and see the uh, what do you call it? The journey of Jose Mourinho being a coach is a is a very good. I think what he was initially doing after beyond being an, an interpreter to uh, Brian Robson in Lisbon, he was giving a touch to go and analyze one of his opponents. That was where Brian Robson was very impressed. Very, 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 very. Clear. He knows his onions when it comes to analyzing. His opponent. His that opponent. is Jose Mourinho's strength, and he has worked for him in the past. I just think um, a bit of bad decision after those bad spell. Uh, after that Chelsea second sack, if Jose had taken his time, I'm sure he could have gotten a better job. The United job, I, I, it was a mismatch in the sense that United was, uh, was a team on the downfall. Like it was at that point in time, I'm not sure any coach would have worked for United after that. Moyes hiring, you see yeah. what happened with Baha. Uh-huh. If it was not Ozzy, it was, it was another manager at that point. And the and with the way the board asked, I think that, that manager too will still have failed. I think one thing people take away from Pep that we don't. Uh, we don't give him enough credit for him knowing the kind of job to take. <laughs> I think Jose Mourinho. See, I just laugh at people when they say uh, it's pretty pretty. He's doing it. He can do that. Don't worry. You you can leave Julius Berger you are working with. You can leave MTN you are working with because you want to prove a point and go and join one man one woman business. We are call you in the morning and bring check to my my house. Let us come and sign it. <laughs> Part of being a successful person in your career is knowing is knowing what job to take and at what time. What to job take to it. take and what job not to take. So I will never blame Pep Guardiola because what makes a successful coach it has to do with a lot of things in within his surroundings. Yeah. I think where Jose probably missed it is that United job. That United it, it job. was just too fast. And United was and, a team. And, and funny enough, Jose said... Going down at that moment. Jose they are said, going to take any coach down with them. Jose said that's his biggest achievement in football. The trophy, because of what the trophy. he did with that kind of condition. For exactly. You understand? Exactly. So for me, I just think um, uh, Jose's approach worked for him probably the first 10 years. But like anything in team sports, I think guys, people found a way to be... To figure it to figure it out and again even Jose himself when he tried to use players like the Marikane uh some kind of those kind of Tottenham players Tottenham players, uh, players and compare them with them toward the international or the Chelsea Lampard, boys his inability to adjust to those present players he has trying to still reminisce to what those uh, the, the Jastokovic did for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, you can't be successful. 
Please, All right. before we leave him, let me just take that. And if, I can't hear you very well. You need to come a little bit closer. Yeah. There's something I've only said about Carlo Ancelotti. Uh-huh. Not something I I've been saying it before. If you if uh, if you read the midfield, even though Jose was successful at Chelsea, one of the of uh, issue Roman had was this: Roman felt like they were not dominating enough. He wants that dominance, dominance, the kind of style of play that is a. Uh, Yes, he knew they were successful, but people didn't know people did not raise their stars. Now that was what led him to, to, to go for Angelotti. Because when he saw that Milan team that Angelotti has been, he fell in love with what he did. But one thing he did not know was this. He did not look at the teams Carlo Ancelotti coach right uh, before coming to Milan. Okay, now. So, what they failed to realize was, if you look at the Parma team Ancelotti coach, people said that was one of the teams that played the worst brand of football. Brand of football. Ever. They were so negative in their in their style of play. The Juventus team was quite different. Of course, when you have a Zidane yeah. and a Gadavis. Yeah. But yeah. what I'm trying to say in summary is this. Ancelotti has been that kind of coach who could easily adjust to, to whatever any he material has. You, 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 you offer, you, you, give, you give to him. Unlike, let me say, the Pep and the club who are too, too obsessed with their philosophy. They need, need, need to get their own kind of player. Uh, their own kind of player. Carlo is the kind of coach you can bring in and you say, okay, this is what you have. He will probably figure out the best formation, the style that suits those players rather than trying to force them to play a particular formation. And that is why I've always, prior to this, I remember when, they won, when Madrid won the Champions in 2014. I, I, I told somebody that Carlo Ancelotti is arguably one of the best practitioners when it comes to tactical coach, getting the best out of players. He is the, I, for me, in this generation that I have seen, I think he's the best because of his uh, flexibility. I think mm. Pep is the best when you have a group of technically uh, players. technical players, players who are very technical. Once you get the best out of them, give the job to Pep. He's going to mold them to to what you don't expect. For all round, just anyhow, players, mixture of this and that, just look for Carlo Ancelo. <laughs> he did with that. No, he, did, he did that with Ibarra. When Lampard uh, was struggling at Chelsea, I, I normally make this joke on the show that Lampard should call Carlo, Carlo Ancelotti. Is it is at Everton? If there's any, he was when Lampard was struggling to fit in. Carabat, yeah, he couldn't know how to get the best. And getting the balance with his defense and mystery. You know, I always do that too. Like, just yeah, just go Carlo Ancelotti and, and he's and going tell, to tell you how to get how, the how to get us best out of them. All right, perfect. Thank you very much, Lali, for that. That's the wrap and that's the show for us today. I hope you enjoy us. Please like, share our videos. We are enjoying the streaming that you guys are doing for us right now. We just want more. We need them more. Uh, as we go together, have a wonderful sports. Day.